All right, so well, tonight I'm going to start off in Galatians. Um, if you want to turn to Galatians. Um, I know this word might be uh, simple on, on certain levels, um, but I found it to be encouraging <clears throat> as I was reading the Bible and came across these scriptures, and they really, as people say when they read, jumped off the pages at me. Um, so I, I, I just dove into them in prayer and study, and, and uh, the Lord shared this with me. So uh, through the scriptures, the Holy Spirit. So it says in Galatians chapter 1, Galatians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4, Who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of God our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Can we say amen to that, saints? Glory forever and ever. Amen, right? Our God, the Father, and Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit. Glory to the, forever and ever. Amen. So here we can be, we're reading uh, Paul's letter to the, uh, the, the church at Galatians. Um, uh, some reference this, if you dive into their history a little bit, that some uh, experts feel that this was a letter to the, the Galatia, or the region of Galatia, uh, and all the churches that were there. Uh, so the churches that were in this region, Paul uh, wrote this letter to in hopes that this would get read, maybe at a meeting that they were like this, maybe in each other's homes, however they met, the, 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 Paul wanted this letter to be read. And the churches were established by the Apostle Paul on his missions trips. You can read about that in Acts, uh, I believe it's 13, um, when he went to Galatia and, and uh, founded these churches. And here Paul is following up with them, writing with them. You know what's a blessing about the Apostle Paul? Whenever he mentions the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he always pauses to praise him. He always, if you, if, you, if you go through the Gospels, and I'm sorry, the, the epistles, and you read the letters, he almost always references our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he always sends a praise off to him, up to him, or uh, 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 something worthy of his name. And I just thought, as a quick tidbit in reading this, saints, when we mention Jesus, let's always offer praise to him and what he's done for us. Amen? Get used to it. Let praise be in your heart about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't be ashamed to praise his name and meditate on his name. And, and when you hear and think about him, tell him how much you think about him, how much you love him and care about him. Amen. Paul, Paul taught us a good, a nice little lesson there. When he mentions Jesus, he offers praise to him. So just a little tidbit there. But here's that Paul is writing to the church of the Galatians, blessing and praising our Heavenly Father, and Jesus Christ. But he goes, he goes right at it with the Galatians. He gets right into the letter. Paul starts, uh, uh, let's read verse 4. Who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of God our Father. You know, Jesus gave himself for us. Amen, saints? Jesus gave himself for us willingly. Was it easy for him? No, you know, recently we had a communion, and I was talking with Brother Don, and we were, we were meditating on Jesus 
prior to going to their cross, and, and we were talking about the account of sweating uh, and, and praying that Jesus went through, the, the, the agony he was going through, and how it mentions he, he sweat drops of blood. You know, saints, that is an unnatural thing to happen. It's unnatural. That's reversing our capillaries to push blood out of the sweat pores. That doesn't happen. That means he had to really be bearing down, really be face red, uh, clenching, you know, like when you're, when you're ready to take a punch in the gut and you're ready to take a punch in the front, everything clinches on you, you hold tight. He was doing that to an extreme, to the extreme that it was pushing the blood out of his body. So think about that. Have we ever gone through agony of such extreme? So going to the cross, we often think of how gracious he was and willing, and, and it's a true statement. But no, he went willingly, but no, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. It's not easy. It wasn't easy what he did for us. So in other words, don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted. Think about what he did for us. And Paul's reminding him, Jesus, Paul's reminding the Galatians here, Jesus is our Lord and Savior. He gave himself for you. He gave himself for you all the way to the death of the cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What, a, what, a, what, what praise he deserves. What praise he deserves. What honor we should give him. Saints, walk worthy of him. He deserves our worthy walk. He deserves everything we have. He deserves our thoughts. He deserves our emotions. He deserves everything. And Paul is telling the Galatians church, in this even in the present and evil age, he gave himself for you. What a blessing it is, saints. It says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Even in the evil, and the presence, as Paul mentioned, the present evil age, you know what stands high above this present evil age? The fact that there is a Savior that's willing to respond as men call out to him and women call out to him. Well, he deserves our praise, saints. No doubt uh, we can see the saving work that Christ has done, and it's on Paul's mind here as he shares with the Galatians. Paul wants these churches to know and not forget the saving work of Christ. And I believe it's a message for our church in, in a present and evil age. Amen? Saints, don't forget. Don't stop thinking about the saving grace of Jesus Christ, what he went through for us. It should be on our hearts. It should be on our minds. Doesn't that help motivate us to push forward a little bit? Maybe you're here tonight a little bit down or a little bit foggy, tired, weak, distracted. Take a moment to think about Jesus. You know, when he was in the garden, a couple of his fellow men around him also were tired and weak. And he, rely, he wanted to rely on them a little bit. He wanted them. He asked them, please pray with me. He wanted help a little bit from friends that he trusted. He wanted a little bit of, can you just do this thing with me? Oh, on top of sweating blood, and then his friends, the ones he called, fell asleep, not understanding the thing he was going through. It's true, we don't all understand what each other are going through to a certain extent. People may not understand what you are going through, what you are feeling, how you are struggling with something or trying to overcome something. And the hustle and bustle of the world may go on without, around you, and it may seem you are lost in that hustle and bustle. 
there's one person who knows about you. It's Jesus Christ. He sees you. He knows you. Here's the opportunity to call out to him. Let him hear from you. Let him respond from you. Don't be like those around him on that night who were tired and fell asleep. Don't think in your heart as you struggle, I'm alone. You know what? Nobody cares. I'm going to fall asleep, figuratively. I'm going to stop coming to church. I'm going to stop reading my Bible because it's just too much. No one cares anyhow. Don't be like them. God wants to hear from you. God wants, to, God wants you to pray to him. He wants to respond to you. This is what Paul was trying to tell the Galatian church. Don't forget about the saving grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? But you know what, saints? There's also another point that Paul teaches here. And he sets before them that they're free from being the slaves of this world. Right? It says, to rescue us from the present evil age. I read this and it struck me, saints. Is it possible for me? Is it possible for you? Is it possible for us as a church to be set free from our sins, yet somehow, unbelievably, still be a slave to this world? Is it possible to be set free from sins, be a believer, as the modern term is, twice born, but somehow still be a slave to this world? Hmm. It got me thinking. Paul gave two distinct ideas here. Jesus died for our sins, praise the Lord, but Jesus also died to rescue us from this present evil world, from being in bondage to this world, from being a slave to career and work and what, what's going to happen at work and what happens next at work and what's going on in society, any pandemic that's, going ha- that's happening. Jesus rescued us from being in bondage to these things. This age is evil, amen, saints? How relevant the Bible is. Paul says the present evil age. Was he talking about our age? You could very well say yes. Amen? How relevant the Bible is. Paul got me thinking here. What was our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's aim with regard to his people? What was the aim of Christ with regard to his people? How about with regard to the church in Galatia? What was his aim? What was Christ's aim? How about with regards to our church? Have you ever thought of that? What is the aim of Jesus for this church? You're part of the church. You can ask the Lord that question. What is the aim for our church? What is Christ's aim for our church? How about for you personally? What does Christ have for you? What does he want from you? What does he expect of you? Of you. Have you ever asked, Lord, what do you expect of me? What do you want from me? How much do you want me to give you? That might be a scary question to ask him, if you're not ready to hear the answer. Was his aim to preserve the churches? I'd say yes. Amen? His aim was to preserve churches. Was it to preserve from people going low into a pit of despair? Amen. That was his aim. Was his aim to rescue churches, rescue people, rescue us from hell? Amen. It was. Was his aim to bring churches to heaven? A congregation that knows each other, that worships together, to bring us all to heaven together? Sure. It's a big yes to all those, amen, saints? But may I add that Christ's death represented more than just going to heaven? 
Christ's death represents more than just going to heaven, saints. Christ's death represents more than not going to hell. It represents more than not just, I don't want to go to hell, so I'm going to try to know Jesus so I don't go to hell. I want to encourage you tonight. There's more to Jesus than heaven and hell. There's a lot more to Jesus than heaven and hell. Heaven awaits for those who call upon his name and are faithful to him. Amen? What a day that will be when Jesus we shall see. Amen? It's, it's awaiting for those who are faithful. But what are you doing in the meantime? There's more to life than heaven and hell. There's more to life in Christ than heaven and hell. I think at times this may be lost in Christianity or Christendom, as we say today, with so much Christianity being commercialized. I know, you know I've been, I listen to a lot of podcasts, try to. I read probably more than ever in my life. You know, and it seems like whenever I, I read something or, or watch something or hear something, there always seems to be a sermon. You can't hear a sermon without some sort of pitch. You just want to hear the gospel. I just want to hear the gospel, but there's always a pitch. You must have this to become a Christian. If you want your walk to be the fullness thereof, buy this book from me. You know, it's sort of sad at times to think, is that what Christianity has become? A pitch? To keep people going? What about Jesus keeping us going? What about faith in Christ to maintain a ministry? What about faith in Christ to maintain a church? What about faith in Christ to, to help pay the bills? To help be secure in life? It may not be easy. You may have to have a struggle. But this church, growing up here, I've heard the stories. I know farewell the struggle of growing up without money and hurting, and not having a lot, but then on the flip side of that coin, praying and receiving something in a perfect, timely manner that was from the Lord and satisfied the soul better than money to go out and purchase it with a free will. The blessing that Jesus has. Saints, don't forget about Jesus. Don't forget about what our Christian life should be. It's all about Jesus. As believers, it's important to remember, remember that Jesus came to redeem his people. He came to forgive their sins. But he also came to rescue us from the thoughts of this world, from being too preoccupied with this world, from having too much thoughts. What's next? What can I do next in this world? What can I accomplish next in this world? What can you accomplish next in Jesus? What can you accomplish next in your church? What can, you, what can you as a family do in your community with the Holy Spirit? Vacations are great, but don't take vacations from Jesus. Don't take vacations from thinking, what can I do more for Jesus? Lord, how can you use me in a better way? Lord, how can I be used in a different way for you? How does this sit with you, saints? Good? I hope so. You see, Jesus came to rescue, to pull us out of this present world. That word rescue is translated deliver in many other Bible translations. It means to pluck out. Jesus came and plucked you right out of this present world. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say if Jesus plucked you out, it's probably a good notion, don't go back in. If you've been plucked out of something by Jesus, 
by God, don't go there again. If the Lord saved you from alcohol, don't go near it again. He plucked you out of it. Don't go near it again. If the Lord saved you from sexual immorality, stay away from it. Don't go near it again. He plucked you out. He redeemed you from that. If the Lord saved you from pornography, don't go near it again. If the Lord saved you from a wicked mouth, don't be tempted to speak evil. If you were a liar, don't lie. If you were a thief, don't steal. Amen, saints? He plucked us out. He rescued us. He redeemed us. These are things that happen in this present world. Where do you lie in the world? Where do you steal in this present world? Where do you talk bad in this present world? Where do you stay alone and watch something you shouldn't watch in this present world? You see, things in life are in this present world. We can't help. We live in the world we live in. Amen? That's an obvious statement. But our struggles, things we're, things we're tempted by, things that we're hurting in, things we're disappointed about, Jesus can come and pluck us right out of that situation. Pluck us. Does it mean we're, we don't have to deal with it? No, we'll probably have to deal with it. If you've sinned, you have to deal with the consequences of your sin. We're men and women. We have to deal with the fall of men and women years ago. We still have to work. We can't get out of work. But God can redeem your heart. He can set you in a place, like I said, that makes your soul so satisfied in him that work on this earth isn't a big deal. You can overcome the struggles that we have through faith, through prayer, through encouragement of the scriptures. Doesn't it say in Romans, we may have hope. Hope for a future with him, saints. God came to pluck us out. Pluck us out of this world. What are you struggling with? Trust Jesus that he can pluck you right from it. He can take it right off your hands. You have to give it to him. We can enjoy the beauty of the world. We can enjoy the beauty of God's creation that we live in. There's no doubt about it. Traveling through this world, you can see beautiful places. And in a way, that should gives us a little snapshot of what maybe our creator is like. You know, you can look at someone's artwork, and if you look at enough artwork of a certain uh, artist, people can start to know, oh, I know this artist because this is what he or she does. There's always this scene of like this. Or this is how they paint. These bro- these str- these, uh, the brush strokes are a certain way. They begin to know an artist. You know, as we look upon this world, this present world, as we look and we see the mountains, the Rocky Mountains, and the deserts, and even in America, and the canyons that we visit, doesn't it just show a little picture of our Creator? How magical... I'm, magical is not the word. Majestic is the word I was looking for. That he is. How wonderful he is. Whoa, how deep he can be. How amazing he is. This world can show off the beauty of our creator. Amen? But we also know this world can captivate us and damn our souls. You've got to be careful, saints. The present evil, present evil world can hurt us. It can damn us. We may think, oh, it's God's world. It's God's creation. It's such a good thing. But it can damn us if we pay attention to that and not look at the Creator Himself. The drive this world puts on a financial success and keeping up with the wealthy. Don't fall for it, saints. 
the drive for education and being elite in your field. Don't forsake your Bible study. Don't forsake your Bible study. Be wise. Be, be, be elite in the Word of God. The stress and fear, the stress of this world, the fear and depression, anxiety of this world bless out like rays. Sometimes it seems like you turn on the news and it could potentially cause more anxiousness when you get done watching it. The, the, the media just blasts out rays of anxiety and anxiousness. It just blasts it out, saints, to all those that live on earth. Don't be succumbed to that. Sin is flaunted today. We live in an evil world. Sin is flaunted. Sin is encouraged. Sin is sang about in the music today. Sin is spoken about on the shows. It's given a lot of attention. Sin. Outright sin is given a lot of attention. Sin is given respect. Sin is given the ability to to show itself off. And if you come against it, oh, whoa, don't come against sin. That's not right. This This is our present evil age. Sin is given the ability as an entity to be flaunted, to start taking control. Men today almost can't help but let sin happen. Sin is as an entity. Saints, evilness as an entity is so powerful the human condition can't stand against it. Men cannot say, I'm not showing this on my TV program because of the out, the, what might happen to them. The evilness has them, has them cornered, if you will. Has this world cornered. Allow evil to happen or we're going to do something to you. We're going to make you look bad. Okay, evil, go ahead. Pick it, whatever it may be, any evil. This is what this world, this present evil age is. It's respected. It has the idea of don't mistreat sin. If we mistreat sin, that can be wrong. The scriptures tell us this will happen, saints. What a crazy world we live in. And I want to remind you, Jesus came to pluck us out of this world. To pluck us so we don't have to be succumbed to that evil. You know, you don't have to watch that evil. You don't have to partake in that evil. It's okay to say, I'm not doing it. I'm not talking like that. I'm not listening to that. I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to read that. I'm not even going to go there. Why? Because Jesus plucked me out of this world. He plucked me out of that temptation. Saints, don't be afraid to be confident in your Christianity. Just as evil has a way on the men of this world and the women of this world that they can't help but say yes to it, don't let yourself find yourself saying no to Jesus when you're tempted and falling into that. I can't help it. It's too much. No, God has come. He sent his son to pluck you out, to save you and redeem you, so you don't have to be succumbed to this evil and present world. So instead, you can succumb to his will. You can be a voice in the wilderness shouting, prepare ye the way of the Lord. He's coming back. He's coming soon. I'm going to be different. I'm going to say something different. God is real. He's on his throne. Saints, rise above the rushing wave and turmoil of this earth. You're plucked out of it and call upon the name of the Lord. What a, what a, 
What an evil world we live in, but what a great God we serve. That's good news, amen, saints? The truth here, if we read in Galatians, Paul was frustrated. Paul was a bit bothered. He was perturbed, if we keep reading here, with the Galatians. He was frustrated that the Galatians were being influenced by the world. They weren't being influenced by Christ, was his concern. Paul's salutation to the churches of Galatia, his, his introduction to this church, it was very um, direct. I was uh, reading through some, manuscri- uh, some, some Bible study, or study Bibles, I should say, and in one of the study Bibles I read by the ESV, it says this, many of the familiar elements of Paul's greetings are present here in reference to the, the letter to Galatians. Example words like grace and peace are used here. But this is probably the most muted of all Paul's greetings to his churches. There is no thanksgiving or reference to the Galatians' faith, hope, or love. There's no word of thanksgiving here at the start of Galatians. Paul actually jumps right into the issue at hand. He's not being a nice guy with them. No niceties with Paul. Look at verse 6, it says, I am astonished. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Jesus and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some of some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. You know, saints, Paul was not being emotionally unstable here. He was not being just bantering Paul, yelling and screaming. He thought this process out. He thought what he was going to write to them. He thought, look at what he says in verse 8 and 9. That's not, a, that's not someone who just is shooting off at their hip, if you will, words. He thought this out. If anyone is telling you something different, I like how he says, than what you already previously accepted. The onus is on them. You accepted something, Jesus Christ. If someone in this present evil world or something tries to convince you that God isn't what he says he is in this word, let that thing be accursed by God. Saints, it's the same for us today. What has your attention? What is drawing you? What are you looking at? Are they pulling you away from Christ? Well, Paul says that thing that's doing that to you is it's cursed by God. Let it be cursed by God. Wow, that's not, that's not kind words. Those are harsh, those are, these are harsh words. Verse 10, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings? Or, or of God? Am I trying to please people? If I were trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. I'm going to throw this, that people, let's change that word to the present evil world. Am I trying to serve this present evil world? Well, then I'm not a servant of Christ. Am I part present evil world and part Christ? I'm not a servant of Christ. 
I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. Hallelujah. Isn't it nice to know that we can trust something that's not of another man? It's spiritual. I did not receive from any man, nor was I taught it. Whether I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Paul starts off in Galatia, I'm astonished that you were so quickly deserting the one who called you. Who called them, saints? Jesus. Who calls us, saints? Jesus. You see, Paul's, in Paul's other writings and salutations, he's very thankful and graceful. And you can look at them in Romans chapter 1.8. It says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all because of your faithfulness being reported all over the world. This is Paul to the Romans. He says it in 1 Corinthians 1.4. He says it in 2 Corinthians 1, uh, 3, verse 4. He says it in Ephesians 1.15 through 16. He says it in Philippians 1.3 through 5. Notice how I skipped Galatians. He says it in Colossians 1.3 through 4. He says it in 1 Thessalonians 1.2 through 3. He says it in 2 Thessalonians 1, verses 3. Paul often wrote to these churches thanking them, encouraging them. But he had a concern here with this church that they were being tempted by the world. Brother Brian shared on 11-7, November 17th, as we already well know, the gospel means good news. And Brother Brian stated that we could all use some good news. Do you remember that? I do, because I thought it was a clever statement. We could all use some good news, and it's the gospel. Paul was concerned that the gospel that was being preached to the Galatians was a gospel that was different than what they have already accepted. And we know that we could use good news, amen, saints? So my encouragement tonight is to remind us the importance of our gospel, something you have already accepted. How many years ago have you accepted it? Some of you were teenagers when you came into church unkept, unholy, messed up, seeking for help. You accepted Jesus Christ that day. You gave your heart to Jesus. I can't do it anymore, Lord. I can't do it on my own anymore. Here's my heart. Take my life. Do you remember that time you did that for Jesus? Something you've already accepted? How are you today? Where are you today? Are you still as hungry? Are you still as thirsty? Are you still as thankful as you were that day when you heard about Jesus? Are you still convicted when you sin? Does it burn your heart? Do you have to find a place to pray? I made a mistake, Jesus. Does it hurt? Are you still fresh? Is your heart still soft? Are you still hungry to see the lost saved? Many of you told your friends, guess what I got? I got Jesus. You got to find out about Jesus. Have you lost that hunger to tell others? What gospel are you listening to now? Paul was reminding us, don't change the gospel you accepted once before. Let it be bright in your hearts. There's a different gospel, he says in verse 6. Don't let the world influence you, saints. You will influence the world by living under the power of God. He says, I'm astonished at you. I see how quickly the concern was for a Christian that Paul had that was finding themselves turning to a different gospel. You know what, saints? As Brother Brian mentioned, that word gospel 
is still the good news. It's still the good news. These people in Galatia were called to live in grace according to Christ, but they were turning to a different gospel. So there is this different gospel that Paul is talking about, and there's, there's living in grace of Jesus Christ. There's a different gospel, and there's living in the grace of Jesus Christ. Can I submit to you that there's a different gospel? The grace of Jesus Christ is our gospel. Amen? The grace unto salvation. There's a different gospel, and there's the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have a choice in life. A different gospel. I was at work talking with some people, witnessing to them. I don't believe, Ben. I don't really believe in anything. Oh, you believe in something. You believe in something. Because there's a different gospel, which holds a lot of somethings, including, I'm going to say it, nothing. And there's the gospel. The grace of Jesus Christ. The redeeming power of Jesus Christ. The life-changing power of Jesus Christ. The ability to pluck you from a situation you could not ever see yourself being plucked from. The ability to be forgiven of something you thought you could never be forgiven from. The ability to be able to be redeemed and set in a life of conviction and prayer and hope, thinking, I could never have done this on my own. And then there's a different gospel. Make money. Work hard. Don't let people tell you you can't do anything. Oh, saints, there's a lot of stuff that we cannot do. But with Jesus, we can have the power to overcome. Amen? So there's a different gospel, and there's a gospel of Jesus Christ. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5, it's by grace you have been saved. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you have the true gospel and a different gospel. A gospel, I want to note here, saints, that Paul said to the Galatians, a gospel you were called to what? Live in. It's not a gospel to say, I go to church, this is my religion. It's a gospel you were called to live in. And I want to remind you, you accepted that call. I accept the call to live for Jesus Christ. A gospel you were called to live in no matter what. No matter how you feel. It was a commitment you made to Jesus Christ on that day. I'm going to serve you with all my heart no matter what happens to me. That day when you turn to Jesus... No matter what you feel, what you desire, what you think anymore, that gospel that you accepted that day was a gospel of life-changing power. It was not based on a human condition. It was based on God and his son and the forgiveness of sins. What a a good barometer for a Christian today is understanding is being able to self-critique. Which gospel are you in? Can you do that as a self-critique? Which gospel are you in? Do you remain in the one that you have been called to do? The one you have accepted? Or has it changed? Has it turned to something more man-made? More self-made? Is it influenced by you, others, friends, or this world? Saints, here is a neat phrase or learning point. We have been called to live in the grace of Christ, which I have shared is the true gospel. So live in the grace of Christ can be said to live in the gospel, which can be said to live in the good news. 
Do you live in good news? You're called to live in good news, saints. You're called to live in the good news of Jesus Christ. Is that good? Do you feel better? (laughs) You're called to live in the goodness of Jesus Christ. It made me feel better as I read these scriptures. Living in good news. You can have a bad day, but you can say, I live in good news. I'm surrounded by the good news. I'm surrounded. How bad is your day? It's pretty bad, but I got good news for you. Jesus Christ. I got a gospel for you. I got a gospel like no other gospel. It's not a different gospel. It's the true gospel. But Brian recently said, be careful about the guy who said he, he isn't prideful. That guy has a lot of problems. You remember that? I feel the same way about the guy who says, I'm not emotional about God. I just don't worship and praise or read the Bible. I'm just, I just try to do my best, and that's what's important. I'm going to tell you, that guy is a spiritual ticking time bomb. That person is actually very emotionally unstable. Probably the most emotional person there is. You know, God wants us to be emotional about him. Feel the good news. Rejoice. The Bible says rejoice. Is that an emotion? Well, it brings out emotion, if nothing else. The danger of turning to a different gospel is that that gospel influences you to desert the one who called you. Paul says how quickly you have deserted the one who called you to live in the true gospel. See, turning to a different gospel isn't just, hey, I'm taking time off from church. Hey, I'm taking time off from reading my Bible. Hey, I'm, I'm going through a lot right now. I'm taking a little time off from my f- fellowship with my friends. I'm just going through a lot. I don't understand certain things, so I'm taking some time off. Paul would say, be careful. You may be on your way of deserting somebody. That somebody is the one who called you, Jesus Christ. What a blessing it is, saints, when we're called by the Lord. Kaleo is that word, is that Greek word. It means to call out, to utter a voice. It means to invite, to call by name. Jesus called us out to live according to his gospel. I want to share with you tonight that Jesus called you by name. He called. There's action with God's call. This is not like a parent calling their kid. It's time for dinner. I'll be right there. Dinner's still on the table. Five more minutes. No. This was a call. You have to change. And I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you. I'm going to meet you where you're at. I'm not going to wait for you to come to me. Because we know the human condition is, from that little example I gave, the child's not wanting to come to dinner. They're too involved in what their life is bringing them. Oftentimes, that child will go through a miss a dinner because they're just too distracted by life. But when God calls us, he met you where you're at. He met you. He sent someone into your life because he wanted to meet you where you're at. Has he called your name? Ben, I'm calling you. I'm too busy. No, I'm right in front of you. I'm right in front of you. I'm telling you what your problem is. Your problem is you need to turn to the true gospel. Remember that day when Jesus got right in front of you and sent a word of knowledge to you, a person to your home, a pastor to share a word, a a sermon on TV that just struck you, 
that was God calling you in your face. When God calls, he means action. And saints, God called us into action to live according to his gospel. Not another gospel, but to live according to the good news of the gospel. We are to be called to live in good news. We are called to live in the power of God, the power that brings salvation. What does our gospel bring? Does it not bring power, life-changing power? Saints, this is the gospel we are called to live in, life-changing power. Are you living in life-changing power? Are you overcoming? Are you overcoming? I'm going to submit, if you're having a hard time, look to the gospel. Look to Jesus Christ. Look to Jesus Christ. If, you're, if your faith is weak, turn to the gospel, the inspiring word of God. He called us. He wants us to live in his power. Do you remember, recall the disciples in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 22. I won't, you don't have to go there, but what did he say to as that Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw brothers Simon called Peter and his brother, and they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. What did Jesus say? Men, come follow me. And what did they do? Straightway they dropped their nets and they followed him. I'm going to tell you tonight, God wants to pluck you. He's calling you. Let go of your worldly desires. Come follow me right now. Will you let him have your way? How about in John... How about John chapter 11? Remember this? Jesus, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been dead in the tomb for four days. This is the one time in the Bible we see Jesus weeping. He found Lazarus dead in the Bible for four days. And Martha said to him, If you had been here, Lord, my brother would not have died. And Mary came up to him and said, Lord, if you had been here... My brother would not have died. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes on me will live though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And Jesus said, do you believe this? Saints, do we believe that if we live on Jesus, he will give us what we need to live? We won't be dead in Christ. You may say my religion's a little bit dead. I feel my Christianity is a little bit dead. I lost it a little bit. I'm going to tell you, that's not Jesus. That's not Jesus, because Jesus said, if you believe in me, I will give you life. I will give you that gospel back into your heart. How is your Christianity? And she said, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And look what Jesus says in Matthew, or John chapter 11. In verse 43, and when he had said this, Jesus called with a loud voice, called, Kaleo, plucked him out, called, Lazarus, come out. And there was a dead man that started to walk. He, life was given to him, saints. You may feel my, my life, there's no hope. I just can't overcome this. Whatever it may be, maybe you're watching online tonight and you're thinking, I just can't overcome what's going on in my life. Maybe you're on the verge of just saying, Christianity isn't for me. I'm going to tell you, Jesus is calling you to rise up. Stand up. Stop sitting. Stop wallowing. Remember what which you were called to do. The true gospel of Jesus Christ, which is to fight for him, to receive power of the Holy Spirit. It was a call, that power that Jesus had to Lazarus. Saints, it's the same call for us. It's a call of power. Mary and Martha based the good news on the Lord of him being there with them. 
But you know what, saints? How many say the Lord, if you answer me or show me a sign, I will believe. Or Lord, if you would have just said, done this thing, I would have responded. When I prayed to you, I did not hear you. The truth is, saints, God is with us. He's always with us. He's among us. He's here with you. The power of the call is to follow me. It was to rise up. It was to don't lose hope. It was the good news that Jesus is with us. He has called us to do the same. And I want to encourage you, what are you doing with your call? What are you doing with your call? It's okay to say, I need more of Jesus. You need to receive the power of the Holy Ghost. Receive the power of the Holy Ghost. And when they entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Simon, Judas. These were brothers that got together. They weren't stopping on Jesus. They met together to say, brothers, in this evil and present world, brothers, let's meet. Let's meet. And what the, these all continued in one accord in prayer and supplication. They said, we, got, we, we have a promise for us that they're going to receive power. We're going to receive power in this present evil world. In this present evil age, we're going to receive power. The gospel. Let's meet together in prayer and supplication. Let's see what's going to happen. Let's not wallow that we just lost the man that meant everything to us. Let's take his words and say, let's apply them. Hey guys, I got a great idea. The words he shared with us, let's believe them. If he says, cry out to me, I will hear you. Let's believe that if we cry out to him, he will hear us. Let's believe it. These guys did. They got together. It even says, and these continue to one accord in prayer and supplication with the woman, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. And look at this. Suddenly a sound of a blowing violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Saints, we talked about this in our last Bible study. They were sitting And God came to them, met them, filled the house, filled the house. Saints, God is calling us to respond to him, believe in the true gospel. I'm going to end it there. If this word has touched you, if you feel God is calling you, putting pressure on your heart a little bit, to devote yourself more to him, to be like, you know what? Maybe I have been listening to a little bit of a different gospel maybe a gospel of my own will, maybe a gospel of my own thoughts, maybe a gospel I just disagreed with something. It's okay to disagree, but it's not okay to desert the one who called you to live according to the one true gospel. So if that's struggling, I want to encourage you tonight, take a moment, we'll sing a song here, to encourage your hearts to get closer to Jesus. If you're not saved, if you're wondering if Jesus is for you, one opportunity. We heard a testimony of a man say, I want to know if you're real tonight. God, I want to know if you're real tonight. And God showed that man he was real. You may be hungry tonight. God, are you talking to me? I'm listening for you. Saints, it's the one true gospel. Do we dare believe his words? Do we dare let go of us and trust on him? That's the challenge for us in the present and evil age. So we'll sing a song, take the opportunity to respond to the Lord's talking to you. Amen. Hallelujah, saints. What a Lord we serve. What a God we serve. You know, he called us out. 
He plucked us out for a purpose. Don't let this present evil age distract you from the purpose that God has for you. It's okay to say, I'm a Christian. I'm wholly devoted to Jesus Christ. In a present and evil world, it's okay to say, I'm doing what God wants me to do. I want to encourage you to be excited about the gospel. Open up your homes. Use this church as a resource. Be excited about the word of God. How can God use you in a present and evil world? Don't let the world dictate to you how you should behave. Dictate to the world how God wants them to behave. It's okay. Does not the word say persecution will come? But they're not hating you. Who do they hate? The one who called you. You're in his army. You accepted that call. Many years ago, you accepted that call. What is that call today? That's what's on my heart. In the name of Jesus, Lord, help us to fulfill that call to all that we're supposed to. To all that we're supposed to. To be challenged to trust in your word. To be challenged that you will take care of the sick. That if we lay hands on the sick, they will be made whole. Do we believe it, Lord? We ask that you send your Holy Spirit on us. Help us to see this, Lord. We get weak. We get frail in the present and evil world that we live in. But we need your Holy Spirit. We need to know that you are with us. Father, we call to you to keep us on fire. To keep us burning. To keep us holy. To keep us consecrated and separate. Keep the devil away so that your word can be life to those who are lost. That we can give hope to the lost. That we can be an example that serving Christ is a a way to live in this world, a present and evil world. In the name of Jesus, Lord, send your Holy Spirit. Work in us. Challenge us to be better. Push us to be better, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you so much. In the name of Jesus, saints, go and be better in Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless. Have a great night.